0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip. Live from Turin. This
3: is the Eurotrip.
2: So here we are then, welcome along to the Eurotrip, of course, live from Turin. It is day three of our coverage from Eurovision 2022. I'm James and as ever, he's still with me, the wonderful Rob Lilly, hello. Hello, just about recovered from the turquoise carpet. Yeah, it's been a very busy and hectic couple of days from us. Of course, you've been tuning into our coverage over the last couple of days. And it's day number three, so we thought we'd try and calm down and relax before the live shows really kick off. We thought we'd take some time to, like you said, just
4: relax, come down. We're alongside the River Po here in Turin on the eastern
2: side of the city. You've got the Alps around you. It's a very quaint spot. I'm glad you've done some research about where we are because yesterday, of course, we were at the opening ceremony, which was a lovely venue, and I left the crib sheet behind. I forgot all of the stats and facts. Have you at least got something to tell everyone about this wonderful place we are at now? I've got stats and facts about
4: the River Po (laughs) coming out of my ears. But you can't have them yet because
2: it's time for the Eurotrip.
3: Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast.
2: So as we said, we have taken a little bit of a break we've taken a break from all of the madness that comes with the eurovision song contest we are down here next to the river that flows through the center of turin i say the center rob it's not quite the center
4: it's not no we are just approaching the parco valentino which is the home of the eurovision village this year so that's in the big park there but just next to the park you have the lovely serene waters of the river Po.
2: now i'll promise you some Po facts would you like some i'm desperate for them but before you do take a look at those ducks i know you guys listening at home can't see them but beautiful aren't they
4: they they know what they're doing don't they <laughs> they've
2: been here before they know this stretch of the river well
4: do you reckon ducks quack in an italian accent here Eurovision's gone to your head a little bit already, hasn't it? <laughs> I'm sure there was a piece of research saying that animals in like specific countries take on the accent of that country, because obviously they, they hear the people around them speaking in that country.
2: I mean, what would an Italian quack sound like? There's no way you're going to ask me to do an Italian quack on the podcast. Right? Quacky.
4: <laughs> That's my best guess. Anyway, so let's just walk along here underneath the trees and get out of the sun, because the sun is, is poking through the clouds here in Chuen. Uh, the River Po. It is the longest river in Italy. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I'm looking for some more startling facts, though. Well, I can tell you that it flows for 652 kilometres. It starts in the Alps, in the west of Italy, on the border with Switzerland. Flows all the way across the country, and eventually flows into
2: the Adriatic Ocean near Venice on the eastern coast. You can't say we don't impress you with stat and facts here on the Eurotrip live from Turin, can you?
4: Absolutely not. You will not hear this information anywhere else, probably for good reason. (laughs) But shall we get back to the Eurovision Song Contest as we wander along here? Because, as you know, on our episode yesterday, we had lots of brilliant conversations on the turquoise carpet at the opening ceremony but none more important than the one that you're about to hear now.
2: Yeah later on in the episode let me just tell you we're going to catch up with some more of the artists of Eurovision 2022 and also chat to some of the delegation members as well and we know you love when we chatted to Edward Asselin, one of the Eurovision commentators he does it for Sweden of course we've got another one on board we're going to be chatting to the Icelandic commentator about what his role looks like as well a little bit later on. But first, the
4: busiest, understandably, country and artists on the turquoise carpet, this will come as no surprise to you, were Kalish Orchestra, representing Ukraine at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Incredible that they are here in the first place, given everything that is going on in their homeland. Understandably, all eyes, complete focus of the journalists and everyone here and around the world is on them and their participation. So it was great to be able to catch up with them. James, they were so busy on that turquoise
2: carpet yesterday, but they did a great job of giving everybody their time. Yeah, you said there, didn't you? Arguably one of the busiest artists on there, and for good reason, you know. All of the artists here are getting so, so much attention just because of of the world that they're in right now. It's the Eurovision Song Contest. All the eyes of the entertainment world are are on it, are on Turin right now. But as you say, for Kalish Orchestra, it's remarkable that they're here in the first place and they're doing a tremendous job of representing the country and giving some hope to everybody there watching at home. Yeah, so this is what happened when we caught up. Obviously, we haven't brought you Kalish
4: Orchestra on the podcast yet, but great to now have them on the podcast, be able to bring you this conversation that we had on the turquoise carpet. So here's what happened when we caught up and they'll be speaking via a translator and in front of me now I have Kalash Orchestra from Ukraine Can you just tell me about your journey, just being here, because it's fantastic that we get to share this moment with you. I know you're here and you're part of Eurovision this year.
3: Uh,
5: For a while, when we were in Ukraine, we did not have an opportunity to come together, even to rehearse. That's why now, when we are all together here, we are doing everything possible to rehearse as much as we can. That's why the schedule is really tough for us.
4: Just how important is it that Ukraine are part of Eurovision this year to give the Ukrainian people back in Ukraine, To give Ukrainian people across the world something to to focus on and some hope.
5: Efforts have been made now to to destroy Ukrainian culture, and we are here to show that there is Ukrainian culture and there is Ukrainian music, and they have their special signature, beautiful signature, and we want to deliver this message.
4: Stefania as well is a fantastic song. It's great to have that song as part of all of the music that we've got at this year's competition. What message do you hope people get from the song, and what are you hoping that people are thinking when they're watching you
2: perform?
5: This song was initially written to my mother. Uh, with the war, it gained a lot of new meanings, and we hope that everyone will perceive this song in their own special way.
4: What would it mean if you were stood there holding the trophy on Saturday? When in the
5: would really lift the spirit of Ukrainians. That's why it's really important for us and it's important for the whole Ukraine.
4: Kalash Orchestra, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you so much. So massive thanks to Kalash Orchestra for chatting to us here on the Eurotrip live from Turin. Brilliant to be able to bring you that conversation. And all the best of luck to Kalash Orchestra in the semi-final, of course, which is on the way
2: this very evening. Yeah, somehow we've not mentioned it already. When you're listening to this, the first semi-final of Eurovision 2022 is just a matter of hours away. After all this waiting, weeks and months of it, it's finally here. You can stick the TV on, you can start your Eurovision parties because the shows are just around the corner. The first live show from Turin coming your way tonight.
4: But in true EuroTrip fashion, we decided to start today's episode talking about some ducks and whether or not they've got Italian <laughs> accents.
2: <laughs> you don't get that anywhere else. So Callish Orchestra, of course, are one of the artists in tonight's show. Another one of them is Amanda Tenfjord. From Greece. One of the big
4: favourites. A lot of attention on Amanda as well this year. There was a huge buzz around Greece and what they were going to do at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. I think that came all the way back from, I think you had a chat with was it Janice from Greece months and months and months ago and they said they knew that they had
2: something special this year and they definitely do with Amanda and her song. Oh absolutely. We were on the turquoise carpet of course yesterday and we were standing next to a couple of the Norwegian broadcasters. And those guys were certainly busy. Of course, they've got Subwoofer for Eurovision this year. We'll be chatting to Norway's head of delegation a little bit later on. But Norway, they've got split allegiances this year. We are Domi, a couple of the guys from there are Norwegian. So is Amanda from Greece.
4: Yeah, so if you are a Norwegian listening to this, then don't worry. You know, you've got plenty of, uh, plenty of, of interest in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Plenty of chances of a good result. We were talking about ducks, earlier. There was a moorhen down there before. Is he still down there? He's gone, I think. He's, he's, he's gone. He's, oh, he's diving for some fish over there. Look at that. The anticipation. Is he going to come up? Has he gone? I don't know. Well, you'll find out later. Maybe on the other side of Amanda Temfjord. Here's what happened when we caught up on the turquoise carpet. So, Amanda, how are you?
6: Hello, I'm very good.
5: Yeah.
4: Just to paint a picture for everybody listening, you've got Subwolfer behind you. We've got Circus Mercus over there. You know, is this everything that kind of is Eurovision that you imagined when you first signed up for it?
6: This is amazing. I finally everyone meeting and everyone's so beautiful. Yeah, it is amazing.
4: Now, talk to me about your song, of course, because you are one of, I would say, you know, one of the one of the most popular songs this year. Someone that there is a lot of attention around because everyone is focusing on Greece this year. And there's a lot of love for you on this carpet as well with, of course, your Norwegian connections. I know you spent a lot of time talking to the Norwegian uh, TV channels before you got here. It must feel nice to see so much love for what you're doing this year.
6: Absolutely. And, you know, when um, I've been working on this song for a long time and everything, the staging we've been working on. And in the end, you're like, you're nervous. Like, what are people going to think? Like, we love it, but uh, how is it going to be? But people have been so supportive and showing so much love and I just want to say like thank you like it means so much and it makes me calm
4: if we talk about the staging for a second as well of course you've got such a, an, an intricate staging idea that you really hope brings across the message of your song are you pleased with how that's been executed
6: Absolutely, uh, it's Foucaus, that has been the stage manager, stage director, and uh, he, we've been working like together and I have a lot of opinions on things, so he's been like uh, listening to what I want, seeing how I move, and uh, I think together we make something very nice that suits the song, because the, suit has a lot, the song has a lot of emptiness and silence, and I think that's been one of the most important things to like.
4: How difficult is it to, to embrace that the emptiness and the silence of, of your song, of course, such a key element of the song, in such a, a huge arena with such a, a big audience, of course, will be on the night and all eyes on you?
6: I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm very, um, I'm thinking, is it going to be silence? Are people going to scream? Or is it gonna? Because it would be nice in the first verse, at least, to have like, to feel the silence but we'll see you can't control so many people yeah we'll see
4: well wow, we're all very very excited to see it thank so you. amanda from greece thank you so much
6: thank you so much this is the euro trip
4: when you aren't listening you can find us on social media
6: we're at Eurotrip
2: podcast warming you up for the eurovision song contest so welcome back to the banks of the po river flowing through Turin, we're still walking on the banks of it, heading towards where the Eurovision village is located. We popped in there at the weekend when it opened to the public and it was certainly hustling and bustling in there, wasn't it, Rob? It was hustling, it was bustling and it was damp, as Turin so often has been
4: ever since I arrived in the city last week. But between now and the final, I think things are looking rosy. The weather is looking up. And I'm pleased
2: that I've packed a pair of shorts. Now, before we carry on with the guests coming up on today's podcast, I can feel all of our Twitter notifications going absolutely crazy because people want to know about the moorhen. Yes, absolutely. I've got some good and bad news. The moorhen has
4: come back up, but no fish, unfortunately. Never mind,
2: never mind. I mentioned our Twitter notifications. Don't forget, if you are enjoying our coverage from Turin, make sure you get in touch with all of your thoughts. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can get in touch with us on the email, hello at Eurotrip Podcast.com, And make sure if you're loving it just even more than that, then leave us a review and rate us five stars and all that sort of thing wherever you're listening to us today.
4: Yeah, we, uh, you may have seen on social media that uh, we had dinner with uh, Mike and Dale from Aussie Vision a couple of days ago, and we were saying just how competitive we are, <laughs> that, we, uh, that we might get some more, more sort of ratings and reviews than them. Now, they're doing very well, but in our defence, they do do a podcast episode for every single song, which we don't do. So, you know, you do get a bit more content from them than you do from us, but quality not quantity that's what I always say Mike and Dale if you're listening just yeah I love you obviously
2: yeah it's a friendly rivalry it was great fun to catch up with those guys and they're doing tremendous coverage over for Aussie Vision this week so go and check them out if you can if you're not overloaded by Eurovision content which I'm sure you probably are Rob you're pointing at the river again what's there's, going on there's another bird down here he's, he's, I think he's got a nest And honestly the bird life down it. There's a, there's a black bird over there we should this is like spring watch <laughs> Well, from one animal, from one bird, well, not from one bird to another, but from one animal to another. Nicely done. We're heading to Norway again, technically, because, of course, there's a lot of eyes on the Norwegian delegation this year. They've sent Sub Wolfer to the Eurovision Song Contest with their song, Give That Wolf a Banana, and ever since that song was first released, I think it was back in January, people were absolutely on board. It's a quirky song, yes, but it's a whole lot of fun. And of course, they were on the turquoise carpet at the weekend and a lot of artists were trying to get involved, doing a little bit of the dance with them. I'm talking a lot about Norway here, but Rob is still pointing at the bird life.
4: <laughs> I, I forget that we're recording a podcast, to be quite honest with you. I'm having a lovely time down here on the river. Uh, yeah, your pal from, uh, from Latvia, from Cities Ernie, that you heard on the
2: podcast yesterday, he does... Excellent subwoofer choreography, doesn't he? Doesn't he? he there were so many videos, you probably catch one on Twitter or online somewhere, of Yanis from City Zerny doing the subwoofer dance. Although, what I find very quirky about it, in fact, is that they were, everybody trying to do the subwoofer dance was doing it without music. So it kind of just looks like some people are doing some sort of interpretive dance. Yeah, everyone, like
4: you say, doing it with no music, interpretive dance, and also, obviously, Subwoofer don't talk. So there was that very bizarre moment as well, where they're just sort of facing each other, not talking, doing the Subwoofer dance, only at the Irish Song Contest. You will not see that anywhere else. And they did a a flash mob here in Turin over the weekend. I don't know whether you've seen some of that footage on, on social media, but they got very wet. It was a very damp, damp day when they decided to do that. But there were a
2: huge number of fans turned out in the piazza here in Turin to watch that happen. Yeah, there was. It's so great to be walking around the city these past few days. As the fans start to arrive, it gets a bit busier. There's always a bit of talk about the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, it's just great to be here. But back to Subwolfer, shall we go and chat to somebody who may well know who's under the masks. That is, of course, Stig Carlson. He is the head of delegation for Norway. He's also the producer of their national final, Melody Grand Prix. We caught up with him on the turquoise carpet yesterday to try and find out what it's like dealing with one of the most in-demand artists of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. So this is what happened when we caught up with Stig Carlson at the turquoise carpet. First of all, how many Eurovision Song Contests have you been involved in?
3: Uh, this is the 7th actually and it's very interesting because everyone is different and so it's very excited, exciting to be here. This one has to be
2: the most different it's ever been because of course you've got Subwoofer as your artist this year which is a whole new level of intrigue and just different to what you've done in the
3: past. Oh yeah, it's very different, but um, you know, it, it has that certain quality and it has humor as well, so it's, it's a good balance between, you know, being a camp act and a serious act and a quality act, so I, I think it's, um, it really belongs in Eurovision.
2: And it, it, Absolutely, I have to agree, first of all, but it must also be great for, for you and the, the broadcaster in Norway to get this much attention as well, because over the last few years, you definitely get a lot of attention, but this is just on a different scale, isn't it? So many people want to talk to Subwoofer as much as they won't talk to them back and try and find out who's under the masks.
3: Oh, yeah, uh, there, there is a bit of mystery there, you know, um, I don't know who they are, actually. No, come on, you do. <laughs> They, they showed up to my office, you know, <laughs> looking like that, it's crazy, um, but it's fun, you know, it's, uh, again, it's, um, it's a very, I, I would say it's, um, it's a fun act, but it's also very serious in a way, and it's a great track, you know, it's very catchy, and it's modern, and it has a certain quality to it, which you look for when you look for a song for vision. so, um, it's very exciting.
2: And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. Before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. Give that- and how pleased are you with the rehearsals that the, that the, the well, I was going to say the boys, the guys from Subwoofer, at least, have done so far? Because when we look at their performance, it looks, it looks polished, it looks professional, but it looked like that in the national final as well, didn't it? You know, oh, yeah. they, they came with a really supreme product from day one.
3: We, we had a great, you know, um, cooperation with uh, Rai and EBU, and we're very happy, actually. Um, there was, uh, you know they're doing this stand-in rehearsal that was not good but we worked a lot together on getting this you know exactly what we wanted it to be so uh, at this point we're very happy
2: and what's going to be a good result for Norway this year what do you think
3: you, you know you're always going to aim for number one and that's what we're here for but um, um, you know being among the ten, uh, top ten is always great but um Of course, everybody wants to win.
2: Well, it's not long until we have to find out. Stig, thank you so much for joining us for a chat. Thank you.
3: Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast.
4: A massive thank you to Stig Carlsen, Norway's head of delegation, for returning to the podcast. You spoke to him... December time, I think?
2: Yeah, I think it was the autumn last year. So by then, we still didn't know who the artists were going to be. He was giving us an insight into what his role looks like. And I tell you, he must be a very busy man. Producing Melody Grand Prix, sort of managing the delegation when they've come over here to Turin. He's looking forward to a rest next week. I'm almost certain of that.
4: What's very fun, though, is that that means that when you did speak to him last time, he will have had Subwoofer's song on his computer somewhere. He would have had that and he would have known what was gonna happen in, you know, just a couple of months after that when they were announced as as being part of Melody Grand Prix. And here they are in Turin and competing in tonight's semi-final because we can't reiterate it enough. The first live show is tonight. We're here,
2: semi-final one. It's tonight, can you believe? After all these months of waiting, it's finally here. It always feels so slow, doesn't it, during those summer months as we're getting into the autumn, when we just don't know anything at all about the next edition of the Eurovision Song Contest. And yet here we are, it seems like a blink of an eye, doesn't it, since, when was it, October last year when Turin was announced? It just feels like two minutes ago since we found out that news. It's all come thick and fast since then, hasn't it?
4: It's been brilliant to catch up with so many of the artists on this episode that are going to be taking part in tonight's live show and of course we will have loads of reaction for you on tomorrow's episode might be with you a little bit later than usual because we want to give you all of that coverage and reaction for what's going to happen but just keep an eye on your podcast feed tomorrow and of course there will be even more coverage from us here in Turin but so far we have heard from artists who are competing tonight but we're going to do something a little bit different now because, James, you mentioned earlier on, we have already heard from Edward Afsillam, Sweden's commentator at this year's European Song Contest. Sweden, of course, in semi-final number two. But also in tonight's semi-final are Iceland. We've spoken to sister here on the podcast. And their commentator is a lovely man
2: called Gisli Baldalshon. Great pronunciation, Evan. Excellent name, yeah. Imagine being a Eurovision commentator. How much fun it is, we know, to sit at home and watch it. Maybe you've been lucky enough to sit in the arena. But imagine being there and being the voice of the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, Gisley knows a lot about that, doesn't he?
4: He definitely does, yeah. It was brilliant to be able to catch up with him. And very quickly, before you do, I know, James, you were super jealous because it was the commentator's briefing today. And you said of any part of Eurovision that you'd love to be a kind of fly on the wall in. It is that commentator's briefing.
2: Oh, absolutely. Could you imagine that? You've got all of the broadcasters in one room. You've got all of those people who are the voices of the Eurovision Song Contest for so, so many. Effectively being told. Maybe they're getting some gossip about the artists that we've not heard before. Do you reckon reckon they're all going to concentrate? Or do you reckon there's some of them who think, I've done this so many years and just playing on their phone? What, you reckon Scott and Rylan are doing sort of (laughs) snake in the back corner? (laughs)
4: Maybe. Who knows? They've done it for a lot of years. They know the drill. It oh, was well, so good to be able to have Gisli Baltarsson on the podcast, Iceland's commentator for many years at the Eurovision Song Contest. He tells a brilliant story about his time being involved with the Icelandic broadcaster, how he got involved in the first place. So let's hear what he had to say to me when we caught up at the arena. So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator for Eurovision 2022, welcome to the Eurotrip.
7: Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip, I've been listening to you. Have you now? Yeah, I am. We we get this in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) The internet is amazing.
4: (laughs) Gisli, just give us an idea as to how many times you have commentated on this Eurovision Song Contest for Icelandic television.
7: Well, I started in Jerusalem in 1999 when I followed Selma over there. Uh, I had no idea about what Eurovision was. I wasn't a fan. I was just friends with Selma, so that's why I went over there. I did it until 2005, then took a 10 years break, and I've been doing it since 2016 now.
4: What was that first contest like in Jerusalem? You said, you know, you weren't a Eurovision fan. I don't know how much you knew about the contest, but what was it like turning up in Jerusalem, doing that job for the first time?
7: Yeah, so, I mean, typically Icelandic. So my best friend was dating Selma at the time. <laughs> so that's why I, I managed to get my employers to uh, get me to tag along. Well, we were were a really small delegation. We just showed up a few days before the competition, maybe a week or so. And uh, everyone stayed in the same hotel. Huge hotel, obviously, but you met everyone in the halls and down at the lobby bar. And I remember this grand piano down there, and people would just take turns singing songs. And, you know, with all those singers and musicians in the group, it was a, you know, it was a decent uh, piano bar Uh, vibe and I loved it Uh, then when I came back in 2016 it was very much changed I mean obviously the competition was way bigger people were scattered around all the the city in different hotels and all the delegations had grown and it was a two-week affair so I mean it's a completely different competition although at heart it's the you know it's the same thing
4: Just how much preparation, of course, goes into your role? Because you've got to talk non-stop for two hours in the semi-final, Mm. you know, three and a half maybe Uh hours in in the grand final. It's a lot of chatting.
7: Yeah, people do it differently. Some people uh, like to comment on what they see when they see it. Um, Like if you were, uh, uh, you know, the commentator for a football game or something like that. Well, I write a script from... uh, you know, from the first, second to the last. Uh, so I need to watch all the rehearsals. i got to know uh, what happens at what, what minute. And it takes a lot of time. Uh, we also have a, have a tradition in Iceland, like many nations do, but not all of them, to try to make this a little bit entertaining and funny. So, uh, you know, during those two weeks here, I'm constantly trying to meet someone to tell me something nasty and funny about, about the act. But the nastiness has to be with a big heart. It's like you're making fun of yourself or you know, you're someone that you really care about. You can do it, but it has to come from a good place. How many pages
4: is that script document by the time you finish?
7: Well, I obviously don't print it out since I've listened to Latvia's song <laughs> uh, and I, I know that we don't want to hurt the environment. But yeah, I, I have no idea how many pages, but it's a long script and I'm terrified the whole two weeks. Of losing it or my computer breaking down or something like that so it's a long script and I mean it's about a minute in front of each or between the songs and then it's the opening monologue and something during the voting uh, procedure and you know and on on top of that you're doing all sorts of media interviews where you also have to say interesting things about the acts yeah
4: the saying goes, with great power comes great responsibility. As Iceland's commentator at the Eurovision Song Contest, arguably more eyes from your nation are on you than any other country here, because we know how much of the population of Iceland sit down and watch <laughs> the Eurovision Song Contest. Was it like 99% or something like that?
7: Well, this, the sheer is 99. So of those who are watching TV, everyone is watching Eurovision. But there are, um, there are, uh, not everyone is watching Eurovision that live in Iceland or have Icelandic citizenship. Some of them are in coma, others might be uh, abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So yeah, it's really hugely popular. Um, both the Sonka our national final, and the Eurovision itself, we watch we watch the show on Tuesday and on Thursday with great interest. If Iceland gets to the final, then the Saturday is the biggest one. I would say it 's around seventy five percent of the population that actually watch, which might be a record. sometimes the Swedes will um, show even more interest than we do yeah so i mean it's uh, it 's very popular which which uh, means that you know you're you're talking to almost everyone in Iceland, so you need to take you, you can 't say anything, but then again it's easier to think about it in a way that no one is really listening everyone is a bit drunk and having fun and talking to each other and you know people in their living rooms are probably more funny than i am to them so i'm mainly talking to sad old people that live alone (laughs) 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 and are listening to what i'm saying
4: well what did they think of because i was going to say to you of course over the last few years what a fascinating time to be Iceland's commentator because of the artists that you have sent yeah. to Eurovision yeah. you know Hatari I don't yeah. know what the, what the old people back in Iceland thought of you sending Hatari and then Dalí and Gagnamagnid yeah. for the last few years we'll talk about Sister in a moment but you know what a what a crazy time to be Iceland at Eurovision
7: absolutely fantastic because I love it when we you know when we really are ambitious in the in how we choose our artists and absolutely hard that it. That was a blast. I mean, uh, we, we had long lines of news reporters that really wanted to do interviews with them or us about them. So, uh, and we knew that this wouldn't be like that every year. Uh, Dade was more of the same, but in a different way because he was less controversial, but also one of the hot favorites to win. And obviously had that uh, strange thing of having... Maybe one, if the competition would have been held in 2020, so uh, it's it's great. I mean, so, I, I think sometimes you think, oh, maybe we can just send a, you know normal middle-of-the-road pop song one day, so we don't have to go through all of this. But you know, as a small nation who wants to take a stand in you know human rights and things like that, I, I think it's good that we that we you know make ourselves a little bit bigger by by taking a stand and this year of course
4: 2022 a song in icelandic from sister what are your thoughts about 2022 and what we've got to look forward to
7: i i love the fact that we are now sending a song in icelandic um, we've done so just twice in the last few years i mean Hattari was in icelandic and Thorinki was also in icelandic you know leave and that got to the final as Hattari did So we have a good record for that. I mean, the song is absolutely beautiful. It's written by one of my favorite um, songwriters in Iceland called Leilo. She didn't want to perform herself. So she got the sisters to do it, knowing that they are absolutely great singers. So um, I hope that when they perform it on stage, people will see how authentic, how real they are, how fantastic the song itself is and how... How much they sing from the heart. It sounds a little bit, not very unlike uh, the other things we've sent in the competition. It can, maybe people would mistake it for for a song from the Netherlands. They've been doing you know this kind of songs. Uh, but I mean, I like the variety. I think it's a great song for us and everyone in Iceland is super proud of it.
4: Gísli, thank you so much for chatting. And you've got a lot to do. You probably want to go and, and watch some more of the show so you can. Get fully prepared for uh, for commentating on the semi-finals and then
7: the grand final. But thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for inviting me and and thank you for all your great
0: podcasts.
2: Here we go. This is this is the Euro Trip. Euro Trip. So nice to chat to Gisli here on the Euro Trip live from Turin, of course. And we've got to mention it. Lovely comments about the podcast.
4: Isn't that nuts? That one of the commentators
2: of this year's Eurovision Song Contest is a fan of the Eurotrip podcast. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. And I want to, I hope it doesn't sound like we're tooting our own trumpet here, but it's so (laughs) nice. (laughs) It's so nice to be in Turin and getting to catch up with so many people that we've, Spoken to you on the podcast, we've gotten to know, but we've never met in person and we just keep bumping into so many lovely people who are doing so many amazing things for the Eurovision Song Contest and finally meeting and just getting to chat to them a little bit more.
4: Yeah, we had a nice chat with Lee Smithers, of course, the UK's assistant head of delegation on the turquoise carpet. Understandably, he's a very happy man at the moment because, you know, touch, not wood. What have I got here? Metal. Touch metal railing (laughs) by the side of the river things are going very well for the UK so Lee was delighted and very happy with with everything that's happening Uh, Toby Eck from Aftonbladet in Sweden of course you've heard him on loads of our Melfest coverage he's out here we found out a fact for you by the way I don't know if any of you have ever seen a picture of Toby but he's very well known for his snapback hats and
2: he, he's brought six with him for his, uh, his time here in Turin. And some of them look like they've seen better days. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And we should probably say, we'll probably catch up with Toby a little bit later on in the week. Because, of course, Cornelia Jacobs representing Sweden in the second semi-final. Although it sounds like I'm getting ahead of myself. The first semi-final is tonight. It is all about tonight, the first live show. So, I hope
4: you enjoy... However you are watching. Maybe you're here in Turin. Maybe you're watching at home. Maybe you're having a little party. Maybe you're watching by yourself. Who knows? But I hope you enjoy the show. Hope you've got some snacks in.
2: Hope you have a lovely time. Me and you had a lovely croissant earlier, didn't we, by the way? It was a lovely breakfast. Yeah, we're going to be going there again. Lovely croissant, cappuccino, living the Italian life. Living the Italian life. I had a
4: cappuccino for the first time in my life this morning, (laughs) and I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, semi-final one on the way. And as a reminder, we will be back tomorrow with all the reaction to everything that happens To give us a chance to give you that reaction, podcast might be with you a little bit later than normal, but just keep an eye on your podcast feeds and that episode will eventually be there
2: and it'll be worth the wait. Yeah, so until then, don't forget, you can keep in touch with us, send us any of your comments online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and you can read all of our exclusive stories over on EurotripPodcast.com and make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James. For the third time this week, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, and the wonderful bird life
4: down here on the River Po, it's goodbye.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?